0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Week one is in the books. Uh, A couple of decent games last night. I mean, the Saints game was definitely awesome. Saints-Texans came down to the last minute. That that, that last few minutes was pretty exciting. Um, and then the Raiders, Broncos, you know, it was okay. Uh, but at least we got to find out, you know, what the deal is without AB. And it seemed like Tyrell Williams and Darren Waller, you know, nice little pickups this week. Um, and, and we can get right into it. So I want to go over um, the week two waiver wire ads. And let's just get right into it. So most of these players that I'm going to talk about are rostered uh, in 60% or leagues. Sixty percent of leagues or less. Um, this particular week, not the most, you know, amazing week, you know, for pickups. Surprisingly, usually after week one, you know, there's a lot of guys who you can potentially use all year round, and there are some guys who I consider must adds. I would, I wouldn't spend too much fab this week, but um, let's start with Darren Waller. Uh, mentioned him already, and you know, there's been a lot of hype, you know, even before hard knocks. Um, There was a lot of hype with him coming into this year, um, and it worked out. Without Antonio Brown, he was the number one target for Derek Carr. uh, Caught seven of eight targets for 70 yards. Uh, That's really good volume right there, and that's, you know, like what, 40% um, of target share? Something like that, 35%. Now, he played 100% of snaps. Um, Had some plays manufactured for him specifically. Uh, He showed his extreme athletic ability. They kind of used him in a bunch of different ways. Um, And he doesn't have much competition outside of Tyrell Williams for targets. He stepped into that Jared Cook role that he had last year as the first option. And I think he'll easily be a top 10 fantasy tight end. And I think if this kind of usage continues, he sees some usage in the end zone as well. He has a shot at being top five in PPR. And we know that this top five uh, tight end group, you know, changes constantly from year to year. Uh, we can easily see it this year. Now, in, in another tight end, you probably already saw TJ Hawkinson and what he was able to do. He's the real deal. Um, you know, I think... Rookie tight ends rarely have much of a fantasy impact, but he could be in, you know, he has a chance to be an exception to the rule. He was on the field for 71% of snaps, um, caught six of nine for 131 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, he has a big play ability. Um, and I think he just has a ton of upside and he'll likely have no problem finishing as a top 10 tight end if this usage continues. And, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're, getting 131 yards on six catches the top five upside is there easily as well um if I had to choose between these two guys in a PPR league I think Waller is potentially more dependable I think he has less competition for targets you know Hawkinson has Amendola has Galladay as Marvin Jones um so you know th- there, there might be other guys who have bigger games and Hawkinson kind of gets left out in some games and Waller he might be someone they kind of game plan to get the ball every single week, um, but you know both guys are great options. I think I'm splitting hairs if I'm picking between the two, um, but yeah, I mean these two are great options. If you if you punted the tight end position and you didn't really choose tight ends early, I mean you know this is a good opportunity to grab one of these guys this week. Okay, two more must adds. Uh, John Brown is the first one. We knew he had rapport throughout the summer with Josh Allen and it played out in this game against the Jets. He led the Bills in targets with 10, caught 7 of them for 123 yards and the game-winning touchdown. He's the guy who's most likely going to be a consistent fantasy wide receiver out of all of the waiver wire pickups this week. I think he checks the boxes. You know, high target share, he gets targets short, intermediate, deep, gets open deep, um great route runner and you know, he's somebody who's going to be that guy for Josh Allen all year round. His you know, mold kind of fits uh, what Josh Allen likes to do with his skill set. And then you have Marquise Brown, who just absolutely, like, killed it, right? He made the most noise out of any wide receiver this past week. Well, maybe Sammy Watkins made a little bit more noise. But but Marquise Brown is, is new to the scene, right? Um I, I consider him a flyer, right? I wouldn't overspend on him. Uh, it's a situation where you might not want to miss out on the potential upside, right? Um He was targeted five times on only 12 snaps, but he made them count. Caught four of them for 147 yards and two touchdowns. Um, now, those 12 snaps, right? He was dealing with the List Frank injury, you know, coming into this year, uh, the whole summer, basically, and, and he practiced in full only once the week prior to this game. Um, so he ended up only playing 12 snaps, and that should increase, right? Um, they it, it should increase as he gets healthier. Now, like, next week, though, Let's say he plays 25 snaps or something like that. I mean, there's still a possibility he only ends up with one or two catches, right? He's likely going to be a boom bust. Um, You know, they were playing against the Dolphins, um, and, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Lamar Jackson, you know, he he seemed like Patrick Mahomes out there, right? Um, And I'm not sure that's going to happen every single week. Um, So if your team can use some upside, he might be a good target for you this week. Like, if your team was, like, already set, like, your team looked good week one and all that, he would be the guy that I'm aiming for, you know, rather than these, like, high floor options like, you know, Jamison Crowder, you know, and and those type of guys. So, um, Marquise Brown, he has, like, Tyreek Hill ability like his speed is ridiculous and we saw what he was able to do on limited snaps so if he gets a little bit more of a role and becomes that true number one wide receiver actually playing a significant amount of snaps remember there were four wide receivers playing ahead of him in this game but hey when he was on the field they targeted him um okay so a few guys who might be available in your leagues and these are guys like i'd rather have on my roster like ahead of anybody um you know but they are only available on like 30 to 40 percent of leagues, but I just wanted to mention them, you know, just in case they are. Michael Gallup is the first one. Like, he looks really intriguing this year. Um, The Cowboys, they have a new, new new-look offense, a new, new new-look offense. It's not just a new-look offense, it's a new, new new-look offense. Um, (laughs) By uh, their new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. Um, It's really, I mean, it's a game-changer compared to the vanilla offense they had prior. Um, Dak Prescott, you know, getting out of the pocket more, more play action, and this offense can potentially support two fantasy wide receivers. Now, they played a bad defense in the Giants, uh, but at the same time, you know, like the stuff that they were running was was pretty, pretty cool to see. Um, and I think that new offense being installed is good timing because it overlaps with Gallup, you know, taking a step forward. And you can see it in his play. It started this offseason, went into the preseason, and it continued into week one. Defenses will have to pick their poison between him and Cooper. And the chances that Cooper gets tougher coverage on a week-to-week basis is more likely. Um, there's about a 30% chance Gallup is available in your league. He's owned in about 70% of leagues. Uh, but he's a guy who, you know, I'm I'm pretty high on. Like, after looking at him and watching the film on him this week and, you know, this preseason, dude looks really good. And even with Amari Cooper on the field, he was able to do his thing. So, uh, Tyrell Williams... Uh, he's the new number one wide receiver for the Raiders. He played very well on Monday night. He caught six or seven for 105 yards and a touchdown. He's you know he's really known as being that deep threat, but he was also running some shorter intermediate routes as well. Obviously, caught you know a deep threat, a deep ball in this game. Um, caught a touchdown while the team was in the red zone. So he's being used in different ways, which is which is nice to see. He's not being used as that one trick pony. Um, he could be locked in, you know, as a wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside. Um, you know, there's a 37% chance Williams is in your league, available in your league. So, uh, you know, go check for him for sure. Obviously, Derek Carr, you know, is a little bit of an inconsistent quarterback. But, you know, there aren't too many options on, on this team. And they finally got some, you know, legit, you know, wide receivers. You know, like they have a legit wide receiver in Tyrell. They have a legit tight end, um, right, and, and Darren Waller. So, even with AB gone, you know, I'm not saying Derek Carr is going to be the guy. But at least these two are kind of assured some type of workload. Deshaun Jackson, uh, there's about a 33% chance he's available in your league. Um, He had an amazing matchup, right? He took advantage of that against the Redskins. Carson Wentz is going to do his thing this year. um, But, you know, Jackson, like, he got some volume, right? He wasn't just being used on those deep, deep targets. He caught 8 of 10 for 150 yards and two touchdowns. You know, this wasn't a four-catch performance for, like, 80 yards. Um, There's a good chance he can have a higher floor than he would have on most teams. And it's not like the Eagles were, you know, short of wide receivers like a you know wide receiver was hurt or something like that. No, this, they 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 were full go. They had everybody. So this is this is really good news for Deshaun Jackson. If he's available, I'm picking his ass up quick. Okay. Uh running backs I want to add. Malcolm Brown. He was out touching Todd Gurley going into the fourth quarter. Uh Gurley ended up ended up out touching, out snapping, outperforming him once the game was over, but you know Brown did end up with the only two goal line carries, um, which did convert. Um, you know, one of those goal line carries came after a drive that was Brown's, like he was in for that whole drive and he ended it with a touchdown. Um, and then the other one was, you know, he got like a, a goal to go series, um, took, uh, Gurley out for that. Now, Brown might not be the only goal line option on this team, right? Like Gurley is going to get some of it, I think. Um, but we know that he won't be getting all of them like he got last year. Well, until he got hurt, right? Um, I I equate Malcolm Brown's role like to a poor man's Latavius Murray, you know, because of the system and the usage and the offense that he's on. Um, even with like twenty six point four percent of snaps that he played, he could still kind of produce and and you know you can throw him in your flex and hope for for some upside. Um, you know that small snap percentage was enough to give him 11 carries and two touchdowns. So uh, Daryl Henderson played on only two snaps. I would drop him for Brown at this point if you want a piece of this backfield or want one of the top handcuffs in the league. Um, But you'll basically get both. Uh, Gio Bernard, he was the only back to touch the ball after Joe Mixon left Sunday's game with a knee injury. Um, Now, that MRI came back clean, but it's possible Mixon still misses one week. If that were the case, Gio is locked in RB2, uh, gets an upgrade in PPR, he might also have some standalone PPR value once Mixon returns, so it's not like you're just renting him for one week. Uh, but you know, he'll be a low end play if Mixon, you know, is is playing. Chris Thompson, he, you know, as expected, the Redskins had to throw the ball a lot in this game. Uh, they're gonna have to do that a lot this year. Um, they even went early; go, they went up early in this game, but they still threw the ball a ton. Uh, he played on 64% of snaps. That's a pretty considerable amount right there. He racked up seven catches on 10 targets for 68 yards. He, he's efficient and will be a play in PPR leagues as long as he's healthy. If you just need a running back to pick up in PPR, like, to play, he's the best pickup this week. Carlos Hyde, uh, he surprisingly played a lot on Monday Night Football against the Saints, and he actually kind of played well. That's also surprising. The Texans also surprisingly opened some holes for him, right? We know how, what kind of state that offensive line was in. Uh, he only had 10 carries, you know, on 37% of snaps, but he was efficient with chunky yardage, uh, total 83 yards rushing, It was notable that Duke Johnson was the primary back on the field while the Texans were in the red zone. So Hyde might not see too many goal line carries. Um, So I'm not really interested in him in full PPR leagues and even in standard leagues. If he's not going to get goal line carries, I'm not sure what his value is. You know, he can see 10 to 12 carries a game, um, but he's going to have to like kind of get into the end zone while not in the red zone, if that makes sense. So the chances of that isn't too high. But if you're in a deeper league, you might need some body you know, some like an actual body to put in your running back slot. Um, Adrian Peterson, with Darius Guys missing at least a few weeks, um, he's going to get all the early down work. He has Dallas and Chicago the next two weeks, so not the best matchups, but he could still get some volume on early downs. Um, the Redskins stayed in the game against the Eagles, um, but the game script can shift the other way against these two teams. Thompson is obviously the best play, like I mentioned, out of the Eagles' backfield, but AP does have a shot at volume. Um, he, I'm sure he's looking to prove Jay Gruden wrong, you know, for, for making him a healthy scratch in week one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've seen Adrian Peterson prove points, prove a point before, last year specifically. Um, so with him coming off, like, kind of fresh, he could have a surprisingly good game, even in a tough matchup this week. Raheem Mostert, um, there's going to be value for Mostert as the 1B to Matt Breida, while Tevin Coleman is out four to six weeks with that high ankle sprain. Mostert, last year, he was efficient um, with his touches. Breida, you know, he he gets banged up a lot every single game, it seems like. Um, So, you know, Mostert should be picked up as a legit flex option this week. Once Coleman left the game, Breda and Mostert split touches 10-6. to So, he wasn't too far behind Breda. Okay, this is, you you might be, if you know me and anything I've been saying this offseason, you'll be surprised by me talking about Ronald Jones right now. (laughs) I'm kind of surprised he made this list. Uh, He was the best back in the Bucks backfield on Sunday. Uh and since that seems like an open competition, I think Jones can potentially start seeing more snaps if he continues to to co- be the quote unquote hot hand, uh as you know Bruce Arians likes to call it. Uh, he ended up out touching and outperforming Peyton Barber. 13 carries for 75 yards compared to Barber's eight for 33. Um, Jones will likely stick to early downs because he's not really that valuable in the passing game. If he starts taking touches away from Barber, he can start actually having some real value. 13 carries already And if he takes away a few few touches from Barber, he could potentially get 15-plus touches. Um, And if he's efficient like he was um, in this past game, you know, with some big plays on top of that, we can see something, you know, happen with Ronald Jones, surprisingly. Um, He looked pretty good. I I watched the game, and, you know, it's really night and day from last season. He's actually showing a little bit of, you know, usually he sees a hole, he just jumps right into it. But now... There were, there were a few plays where he kind of like sidestepped a little bit and kind of looked for that hole. You know, was a little bit more patient. You know, which is nice. So that that says a lot coming from me, honestly, because I was not a fan of Ronald Jones at all. Um, the last running back, you know, if you're a little bit of des- a little bit desperate in PPR leagues, Mike Davis. He was the primary running back in the Bears' backfield. Um, among all the excitement for David Montgomery, you know, Montgomery's role should grow as the season goes on. But for now. Davis can hold value in PPR. Now, Anthony Miller, you know, is limited, right? Um, and Tariq Cohen assumed that slot role. He only played in the backfield twice uh, last last Thursday. Um, so, you know, Mike Davis caught six of seven targets last week. That's encouraging for him. Um, you know, he didn't do much with it. But for now, it seems like he'll have like 10-plus touches with most of the work coming in the passing game. So that's that's somewhat flex-worthy right there. Okay, moving on to wide receivers. DK Metcalf. He led he led the Seahawks wide receivers and targets. Um, was Russell Wilson's first option over Lockett in week one. Um that might not continue, but it seems like Metcalf will get his looks and perform with it. He caught four of six for eighty nine yards on seventy seven percent of snaps. So he's playing like almost a full complement of snaps. Um it's a low volume passing offense, but with the target distribution kind of tight, you know, towards the top, Metcalf has to be rostered in all leagues. Um and I, I you know, if you want to play him, play him. Because it seems like him and Russell Wilson have a rapport, and Wilson's looking for him. Uh, John Ross, he led the Bengals in targets. I would expect him to be a little boom bust while AJ Green is out for a little bit longer. Uh, if you watch the game, you saw that one of his touchdowns was scored on a trick play, right? Kind of like a flea flicker. The other was scored with the safety jumping too early with the ball in the air. You know, on that deep, on that deep touchdown. Um, And Ross was kind of like standing behind, and if he didn't tip it or intercept it, which he should have done, Ross caught it and was able to get into the end zone. Um, He dropped a few passes, couldn't handle the contested targets, so i looked at i watched this game so i i don't see a situation where we see a repeat performance like this um but you know ross has scored touchdowns when aj green has missed in the past just look at his game logs from last year um so he's i don't think he's a bad wide receiver three play while green is out like we know he has upside but you know i think that this game was a little bit of an anomaly you know when, when you consider um when you consider all the targets he got and and how many times andy dalton actually threw the ball Terry McLaurin, um, the Redskins' rookie wide receiver, looking really good in his debut. Uh, contested catches, deep balls. He looked like the complete package. I think they, they I think they really hit on him uh, in the draft. Uh, Case Keenum, you know, threw for a ton of yards. Had a ton of attempts. Uh, that might not happen every week, but it, it might. I mean, their defense isn't great. But, you know, the, the target share was quite distributed, right? Like, it's not like McLaurin was, like, heavily leading in targets. He had seven targets, but he was one of five players who had six or more. You know, with that being said, though, I think McLaurin, you know, was the best wide receiver on the field. You know, he could have had an even bigger day. Um, Keenum overthrew him in on what would have been a seventy-yard touchdown on top of his five of seven for one twenty-five and a touch. Right, he already had that that day. He could have had an even bigger day, almost a two hundred-yard day. So, you know, you, you might be able to grab him for a little bit cheaper um, <clears throat> than he would have been. You know, if you were to score in that touchdown. Uh, but I think he should separate from the pack. Um, and be the target share leader eventually. This team will throw the ball a lot with their defense lacking. So, you know, he's somebody that does have a ton of, like, season-long upside, even as a rookie wide receiver. Jamison Crowder, 17 targets, 14 catches. Less than 100 yards. <laughs> That's super impressive. I don't, how he, I don't know how I don't know how he was able to do that. Um, but you know these targets should definitely come down, right? Robbie Anderson and Quincy Anunma combined for only 10 targets in this game. Um, those should go up for both of those guys, especially Anderson. Um, still, Crowder had a great shot at 10 targets per week and can remain a high floor PPR option we know he has the ability he 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 always had the ability in washington too he just couldn't stay healthy um and as long as he stays healthy I think he'll have you know a, a high floor and he's definitely worth picking up for sure um you know his catches might come down but he has the ability to run after the catch he just we just didn't see it in this game uh I think he's a pretty good PPR pickup this week another good PPR pickup Danny Amendola. Stafford was looking for Amendola early and often, like he was finding him on both short and intermediate routes. Um, Stafford's numbers took a hit last year once Golden Tate left, and Amendola fills that slot role really well. Um, he caught seven of thirteen targets for 104 yards and a touchdown. Um, he has a tough matchup this week against Desmond King, but most teams aren't as good at covering the slot. So for season long, I, I think he should definitely be picked up in PPR, um, and you know, you could potentially find him as an every week, you know, high floor option in PPR too. Uh, Nicole Hardman, he played a ton of snaps, you know, this past week. He was only targeted once, though. He wasn't, you know, he, it probably was because he wasn't a big part of the game plan, right? They didn't expect Tyreek Hill to get hurt. Um, but with Hill, you know, missing a few weeks now, Hardman he definitely offers some upside. He'll get playing time, can potentially run a few of the same plays Tyreek was running. Uh, he, he's, a, like, more of an upside pickup. It'll be tough to start him this week without seeing how they actually use him, especially since he had a... He had like 50, more than 50 snaps in this game, um, and he only got targeted once, no catches. So, you know, you, you kind of pick him up, see how he does, and you, know, you, you go from there. Um, but if you're looking for some upside on your bench, he, he's a good option. Uh, Ted Ginn, he was Breeze's third option after Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. Um, he, he has three dependable options right now in the passing game. It doesn't seem like Jared Cook is one of them right now. Um, you know, Ginn is, has always been up and down, but he's a good depth option at the end of your bench. Like if you need somebody in a pinch at wide receiver, you know, if you're, especially if you're in like a 12-team league or or you know or deeper, he probably should be on rosters. Philip Dorsett, uh, Antonio Brown has joined this team, so Dorsett is fool's gold. Like it, it just shows that Gordon Edelman and AB will have will all have fantasy value. So I'm leaving Dorsett on the wire. He shouldn't be getting much playing time from here on out. So just wanted to mention him in case he was one of your options. Uh, Debo Samuel, he, he's big and fast, right? He looks good. Um, had the most playing time of any San Francisco wide receiver on Sunday. Um, it, it, it didn't show in the numbers, um, you know, but he, he has a shot at, at being legit. Uh, Dante Pettis right now is in the doghouse, you know, for the moment. Like, I don't know what's going on with him. You know, Kyle Shanahan and him, like, aren't seeing eye to eye as far as I'm sure Pettis believes that he's the number one guy, but um, he only played, what, like a couple snaps in this past game, so not looking good. I mean, I'm not sure what percentage is due to, due to the injury that he has and what percentage is, is due to, you know, him not, you know, taking that step forward. I don't know. But anyway, Samuel is going to have some opportunity. Um, he might be free, you know, once waivers clear clear. Uh, he's worth a speculative pickup to leave on your bench to see how he's using week two. Uh, Dion Kane, you know, Devin Funchess, you know, he's out indefinitely with that broken collarbone. Um, Kane's another upside pickup. He can potentially slide into Funchess's role. Uh, there were other wide receivers playing ahead of him, but he has a size and skill to take over, uh, the big wide receiver opposite T.Y. Hilton, that, that spot that, you know, Funchess was holding up. Uh, and, and Reset showed some rapport with Funches, you know, this off season and even in this game. Um, so Kane can be a beneficiary beneficiary if he slides into that same role. And honestly, he might even have some more upside than Funches had. Okay, that's about it. I um, want to go over some QB streamers and then some defensive streamers. These are all guys and teams that are less than 50% rostered. So Josh Allen in New York. Um, Allen provides that safe rushing floor against a, a, a pretty bad Giants defense Um and, you know, Giants defense also has a shot to kind of, like, give the Bills some short feels as well. Uh, Matt Stafford looked looking good, has a bunch of weapons. Uh, going against the Chargers. Uh, Chargers defense didn't look great against the Colts this past week. Andy Dalton at home against San Francisco. Dalton lit it up, uh, even without A.J. Green. Um, San Francisco did have a good day against James Winston, but it was seemed like more James Winston than anything else. Sam Darnold against Cleveland. Darnold didn't have a great game. You know, against against the Bills, uh, but you know that's a good defense, and and Mariota was able to to do his thing against Cleveland as well. Um, so so going Sam Dell on Monday night, um, at home, Derek Carr against KC Carr super up and down. Like if you you must be super desperate if he is going to be in your lineup in a one QB league. Uh, but you know KC can definitely be. You know we we saw what the random six round pick was able to do. After Nick Foles got hurt in that game against Kansas City, he had some good numbers. Derek Carr can potentially do the same, um, and you know Casey will probably go up big, and Derek Carr will have to climb back. So that's a couple of reasons why he'll be, you know, probably probably be okay. Kind of cross your fingers with that one. Uh, defensive streamers, Houston. These are guys. These are teams less than fifty percent rostered. Uh, Houston at home against Jacksonville. Uh, Houston looked good. You know, I mean, for the beginning part of that Saints game, you know, in New Orleans. Um so you know obviously New Orleans climbed back but you know Houston looks good and they're going to get up against that rookie quarterback um so so they're a good option at home uh Carolina against Tampa Bay we know what Jameis Winston is like and they have a huge over you know huge spread um against them at home so that's always a good way to you know choose your defense you know you kind of see like okay can you go out to a big lead can you make the other team who was turnover prone into becoming, you know, one-dimensional and you can have all your pass rushes out there. Kansas City in Oakland, I mentioned KC might go up big. So for the same reasons, they're a good option. Uh, Buffalo in New York. Um, Buffalo, you know, they, they played the Jets pretty well the other day and, and they have some pass rushes there too. So, you know, going up against, against New York uh, could, it could be a good option. Um, Tennessee looking good against the Browns last week. Going up against Indy at home um so you know obviously this is a a different type of team they're not going to be turnover prone um but if tennessee gets out to a little bit of a lead at home um it's possible that you know they kind of have to become one-dimensional and tennessee uh can can kind of take advantage of that they have a good defense and that's part of the reason why and if they can kind of pull it together they might be one of those defenses that you can play more often than not Uh, but that's about it that's all i had um, if you guys have any questions, just, just kind of go on my Instagram and you can comment on, you know, one of the posts and I can try to get back to you. Uh, and that's about it. That's all I had. I hope you guys, uh, have a great week and I'll see you guys very soon. See ya. Oh, by the way, I'm at Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram. Uh, go check me out if you don't know that already. Um, and that's it. Hit me up. See ya.